You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramillo, credential reporter, the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in this episode. Unfortunately, not much else to talk about other than the phenomenal play of Jimmy Butler because, well, let me tell you, Miami continues to find new and exciting ways to lose after building a 19-point lead against an undermanned Golden State team that was missing key players, not to mention, of course, the season-ending loss of Clay uh, Thompson, Kevon Looney, their starting center out, Draymond Green, who had been starting in Looney's place, also out, prime facilitator, defender. You're looking at a starting lineup that includes Kelly Oubre Jr., Andrew Wiggins, Steph Curry, who wound up having a historically bad shooting night for him, 5 of 20 from three-point range. Only 25% shooting from beyond the arc, 8 of 25 overall. And Miami was dominant at first, had a nice 19-point lead. And by the third quarter, everybody's thinking, well, here we go. This is going to be the difference maker, the start of something. They're able to win against the opponents that they should. And somehow the Heat continue to find a way to lose. Look, you have to give the Warriors some credit. Because they did continue to claw and scratch and fight. They looked for easy shots. They found a right combination of players. Eric Pascal, I think. Yeah. He uh, he wound up coming in and having some key offensive possessions there when Miami really needed to get a stop. He finished 4 or 5 from the field. Kent Bazemore, who was done for most of the last couple of seasons in Portland and in Atlanta. And somehow he wound up having a career night. Well, a really good night for him, at least 26 points, 10 of 19. He led all scores and led uh, all, all warrior scores for sure. He was huge. Miami continues to allow this trend of role players to come in and have big games against him. None of the minutia matters. Jimmy Butler had a triple-double, an uh, insignificant one. 13 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists. Bam Adebayo had 24 points, mostly aggressive, looking for his scoring. Great passing from him. Perhaps, really, the lone bright spot. Although it's hard to tell. It's really, it's getting hard to tell. Because even Kendrick Nunn had a fairly decent night. And yet, collectively, this team really played like crap at the end of the game. They fell apart defensively, offensively. They look lost. Even head coaching, something I'll talk about in the next segment. The coaching decisions were questionable. And all of that contributed into a stew. This is a team that's getting dangerously close to accepting a losing culture. I never thought I would believe that of a team with Jimmy Butler or a team that succeeded as much as they did last year. I understand that they've gone through some major lulls this year. I understand that they've been missing key players for long stretches of time. That Goran Dragic, their best scorer off the bench and one of the best scorers on the team, has not been available for the last week and a half. All those are valid reasons. Not excuses, at least. Reasons. And yet, I don't understand how much they've embraced the collapse. 
And that really seems to be the overall takeaway from tonight is that they just they gave up, which is something you never expect out of this team. Eric Spolstra, known, even Steve Kerr, before the game, was asked about what he admires from Eric Spolstra. And his response was, well, you always like that Spo gets his teams to play hard. He specifically hearkened back to what I had thought was the worst season in franchise history, at least in my covering of the team back in the 2016-17 season when they were starting off 11-30. and They went into Golden State. They lost a game there, but they challenged the Warriors who were the Golden State Warriors at their peak. Miami still contested them. They still played hard as they were trying to get, you know, Derek Williams and Dion Waiters and and all these other role players to figure out their role. They wound up still challenging this team, playing hard. They weren't coming up with a lot of wins, but they were playing hard. Tonight, that wasn't evident. They gave up. They really did. I I, I saw them offensively just collapse. Stop going to the things that they did. Even Jimmy, great as he is. And I keep finding these moments there where he takes his foot off the gas a little bit. And he just is hoping, at least this is me being interpretive here and trying to figure out exactly, speculative even, uh, what his rationale is. But it seems like he's just taking a play or two off. Unusual, because it's not the version of Jimmy that we saw in the playoffs for sure. But he just seems a little bit, I don't know, perhaps tired of this team. Tired of having to carry players that are clearly struggling. And I'll talk about whether or not it is in fact time for a change, whether or not Miami's front office may have let Jimmy down because there's a lot to go into after a loss like tonight. I think it's the worst loss of the season. I can't, again, perhaps it's a personal perspective. The fact that I'm up at, you know, one thirty in the morning recording this, and I don't even know who's going to listen to it because this team is so bad and not, not fun to watch at all. You know, we've got to do this all over again tomorrow night. They go up against the Sacramento Kings, and I don't know that that's an easy win anymore. Not when you have had such great run with injuries on opposing teams. This was a, a, a shell of the Golden State Warriors that you were supposed to face, and you still wind up crapping the bed and throwing the game away. A game that you had securely in your hand. Tough to reconcile this. I don't know what they were thinking. They gave up. They fell apart. You get good performances from players that you don't normally get good performances. Precious Achua finished 6 of 7. He played phenomenally well and efficient in his limited time. Andre Iguodala was really solid in 20 minutes. 10 points, knocking down the three-pointer. Like You can't get better than this. And you still give up 120 points to Juan Toscano Anderson, Michael Mulder, Brad Wanamaker, Damon Lee. Like You don't want to knock these guys who are NBA players, but they're barely NBA players. Then again, Miami got 11 minutes out of Gabe Vincent, so who knows. It's not uh, a good sight right now, I'll be honest with you. It's a little frustrating, a little difficult to try and cover the team as much as you'd like to. During this difficult season when wins have been so hard to come by, it's important to find other ways to enjoy the game. That's uh, It's a game that has brought us all so much joy, and Michelob Ultra reminds us that watching basketball is only worth it when we enjoy it. And no Heat player has brought us as much happiness as Jimmy Butler. 
Jimmy Butler is the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week after he notched his third triple-double of the week against the Golden State Warriors. He reminds us of what a superstar can do when he's inspired. Is he happy because he wins, or does he win because he's happy? Great questions, but here's to the great taste of Michelob Ultra and finding a way to enjoy both. the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. I'm not a big fan of criticizing Eric Spolstra. I think it's hard to look at this team, the quality of the players that have been available for most of the year and the tenure that he's had here in Miami. Embarking on, what is this, his 13th season with the team? Took over in 2008 after Pat Riley abruptly resigned for the second time. No head coaching experience and did a pretty good job carrying that team with Dwayne Wade playing at an MVP level into the playoffs. But you look at what he's done this season and he admitted after the game that in the waning moments of the regular, the game went into overtime. I neglected to mention that again because the game feels peripherally important like there's about this game if anything else is an opportunity to spout or go into narratives about what's happening the the minutiae of the game how they fell apart feels pointless because I feel like a lot of what led to that losing and that specific loss was more psychological throwing in the towel not finding ways to do things correctly and less about well, why didn't Max Struess play? Why did Tyler Hero get more minutes? Why didn't Precious Achua get more minutes? Things of that sort. It's hard to, you know, you can find any way of justifying whatever perspective you want. And there's a lot of them out there in Heat Twitter, from media such as myself to more, you know, typical fan perspectives of trading this guy and blowing this up and, you know, crapping everything up and just getting rid of everybody. There's a lot to get into that. And I think that Spo doesn't necessarily deserve criticism because it all seems so short-sighted to me. This is the same Eric Spolstra who was the best coach in the Orlando bubble. He made great decisions to bench guys like Kendrick and Myers Leonard. He got the most out of this roster. He got Jay Crowder to play well beyond what he was capable of. Derek Jones Jr. similarly played very, very well here. Hell, even Solomon Hill got paid because he was playing very well in Miami. It all worked perfectly. And I think he was a big part of being able to connect with his team. But I haven't seen that from Spo. And perhaps there's the fact that I am not connected. In this world where we're interacting with one another via Zoom and there's so little personal interaction, it's hard to really gauge or get a sense for the team, the same way I did last year, one of the best things about moving to Miami and covering this team was being in that locker room and seeing the guys talk to each other and the interaction there. It was so overwhelmingly positive. That camaraderie was such a big part of what made this team so good. And I think what led them to be such a strong contender in the Orlando bubble. Without that camaraderie, they would have been lost. And I don't know if they're be they're able to recreate that. And I don't know if he's able to connect with his group the same way. Perhaps it's missing Goron. Because Jimmy's been there 
And I don't think Jimmy's lost any faith in Spolstra. I don't think Bam's lost any faith in Spolstra. I think they're still his guys. I think he still has... Uh, I still think he has the locker room, even if he doesn't quite have the pulse of the locker room. And maybe that's an important distinction, and, and a nuanced one, perhaps, but still an important one. Like, he just... He's not quite sure what to make of this group because he's had to start 17 different starting lineups, because he's had to have guys in and out of the lineup. Maybe if he had a guy like Avery Bradley there who he could just sick at your opposing guards, you know, he would have been out there on Steph Curry towards the end of the game instead of Kendrick Nunn. Not that Nunn did a particularly egregiously bad job, but I feel more confident in Avery Bradley's ability to guard Steph Curry in the waning moments of a game. Yeah, you can even throw him at Bazemore who wound up getting surprisingly hot out there he just looks a little skittish he admitted to making a mistake at the end of regulation Miami got a rebound tie game 8.8 seconds left on the game they swung the ball up Duncan Robinson near midcourt sees Tyler Hero right in front of him crossing down Spo fails to call a timeout which was a really strange decision or, or not a decision on his part and then Duncan winds up swinging the ball down court to Kendrick Nunn, who wound up taking a baseline jumper and missing, and that's why they went into overtime. Maybe if he hits that shot, we're not so desperate. We could start at least finding positives out of this. But he missed the shot, and they collapsed in overtime. And they had been collapsing in the fourth quarter and third quarter before that. Really, really bad. I, I can't recall the exact run, but I want to say it was something astronomically bad, like 20-6. to six at the end of the fourth quarter. A 15-point lead that just was erased completely. A lead that was at one point 19. And Miami's just looked really, well, mismanaged, disconnected. And Spo is a part of that. This isn't necessarily just on him, but it doesn't help that he's not connecting with his group as much as he has in the past. That he's not using it to the best. And I'm not sure if it's because he's having a hard time understanding how to play certain guys together, that maybe those decisions would be a lot easier if you have Bradley or Goran Dragic out there. I don't think he wants to play Kelly Olenek anymore. I think he's getting tired of Kelly Olenek. And yet he has no choice but to play Kelly Olenek. Maybe it works differently. I, I Look, I'll kind of segue this a little bit here. The Precious Achua Bam Adebayo combo the justification is that they can't space the floor. And I don't know if you necessarily go away from the science of, of having two guys that basically can only score at the rim. Bam might have stretched his range out a little bit, but I don't think he's comfortable letting it fly from mid-range just yet. And even if it is, you're still getting two guys that can't really score except at the rim or in the painted area. Not great for your general spacing. Maybe you can do you know find different complimentary players there Duncan Hero and, and and I mean you need to have Jimmy out there so I, I just I can't see where the lineup fits in there maybe Precious should get more minutes over Andre Guadalla but other than that I just I don't think he's going to earn much more playing time than what we're seeing right now still it just seems like Spo is a little lost he doesn't have quite a feel for this group here and I do want to talk a little bit about whether or not Miami's offseason is the culprit, the main reason for this losing. Because a lot of people seem to think that that's the case, that Pat Riley in the front office failed Jimmy Butler, failed Bam Adebayo, and has since failed 
fans as well. I'll debate it here on Locked on Heat. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards and TV shows, reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So if you head to the website or if you use your mobile device, you can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Remember to use the promo code Locked On. With an ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible to stock all the parts you might need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure pointless or intimidating questioning while the person behind the counter orders the parts you're looking for on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You've got computers with access to RockAuto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can choose from hundreds of manufacturers on their easy-to-use site, and you'll get everything you need with just a few easy clicks delivered directly and safely to your door. Why spend more for the exact same parts at a chain store? RockAuto.com's low prices are the same for everybody. So go to RockAuto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and then go to the section that says, How did you hear about us? And write in Locked On so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low price, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. That's rockauto.com. If you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. And more people trust Josh Lloyd, the host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, more than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get podcasts. Josh is the best. <sighs> Miami's offseason. What to make of it, right? Didn't quite work out the way a lot of Heat fans had been hoping for. This was the year you we were going to acquire Giannis Antetokounmpo somehow via trade, even though that seemed less likely. And that was the whole thing, right? Is that now we're kind of distorting our memories of the of what was supposed to happen during the summer. Nothing was supposed to happen over the summer. We knew that nothing was going to happen over the summer because they weren't going to sign anybody. They were going to let players like Derek Jones Jr. and Jay Crowder walk because they didn't want to sign anybody beyond this deal because 2021 was still the goal. How were they to know that players would sign extensions? They took a chance because acquiring superstars is the best way to do so. Maintaining flexibility is the same way, is the only way of being able to acquire a superstar. I can't get behind that rationale that they screwed the pooch on the offseason. I can't. I just can't. I think to myself, you know, they were, they were taking a chance, a risky one perhaps, but it was a necessary move. You can't get talented players without the money to sign them. You can draft as well as you want, and I still think Achua is going to be a fine player. Here is going to be an all-star at some point. Bam Adebayo already is an all-star. Miami has a proven record of acquiring talented players by scouting them correctly, by trusting their instincts when it comes to the work, dedication. They took a chance with Kendrick Nunn, and it paid off pretty well for them. But as far as acquiring superstars, there's not much of a chance of, of you doing so unless you have money to lure them here. Salary cap space. You try and take a chance on a free agent. If you have to make a trade, i.e. James Harden, Bradley Beal, etc., sure. 
It takes two to tango. As cliche and corny as that might sound. You can't swing a deal for Houston if Houston doesn't want to take back Kendrick Nunn and Andre Iguodala's salary in exchange for, you know, one of the top five scorers in NBA history. Not saying that Brooklyn's ultimate package was significantly better than what Miami could have offered, but it was enough to entice Raphael Stone, the Houston Rockets general manager. I just can't say that Miami screwed it up. Like, like now we're, we're kind of retconning everything here where we say to ourselves, oh, Pat Riley screwed Jimmy Butler in year two of a four-year deal. He hasn't surrounded him with the right amount of talented players. I think they're under more pressure than they've ever been to maximize Jimmy tenure here because they learned their mistakes from Dwayne and his time here. And yet the goal was to acquire superstars in 2021. Something that could happen still. I don't know how. I don't think there's a lot of space left. I don't think there's a lot of room. I don't think there's a lot of players that are available. Oladipo, maybe. Perhaps revisit a Bradley Beal trade in the offseason. None of which can happen if you don't have salary cap space. But again, I've made that point already. But as far as this season is concerned, like, did you really think that Jay Crowder and Derek Jones Jr. and Solomon Hill, the players that you lost, are that important to Miami's success? Because... I don't. I don't see them. Their production isn't the reason why Miami is struggling, or the their the fact that their production is no longer on this roster isn't why Miami is struggling. I still think there's a lot going on, from issues with Spo to Jimmy to Bam not taking a huge leap to other players in this roster not taking a huge leap and other players not being available. I cannot discount that. There's still the chance that Goron comes back. Bradley comes back, you rattle off six, seven wins in a row, and nobody's talking about this anymore. You start treading water, you get back to 500, you wait till the All-Star break, you take a couple days off, you come back, you hit it hard, and you go through the second, quote-unquote, half of the season, engaged, ready, healthy. Maybe you make a move. Kelly Olenek looks like he's unplayable. He's in the last year of his deal. You're not going to take a chance on him. You're not bringing him back. As great as his talent might be, and I do think he is talented, and I like him personally. I just, he can't really fit with this group anymore. He's too wildly inconsistent. If his shot's not falling, there's not much else that he brings to the table. You can make the same argument about Duncan Robinson, but he's still shooting a lot better than Kelly is. And Tyler seemed to regain his stroke, something that he'd been struggling with over the last few weeks. I don't want to blame the offseason. I don't know that it's it makes any sense to do so. I... I we all forget how these things have to happen, you know? And, and moments when there's frustration, and I totally get it. You're pissed off. You're frustrated. You're up late like I am watching this team blow a 20-freaking-point lead. And you're saying to yourself, why did you wait for 2021 when Giannis wasn't coming? Why did you give Myers Leonard $10 million? Well, I mean, none of that matters. You give Myers $10 million this year because you're not exercising that player, a team option, I'm sorry, at the end of the year. And you, his $10 million comes off the books. Same with Bradley and his two-year deal. And Mo Harkless, I think. I don't know. Maybe Mo Harkless might have signed a one-year deal. But either way. Oh, uh, Goran Dragic and his two-year deal. All these deals with team options so that Miami can retain control and have salary cap space to add a star. It's the right strategy. And Miami fans a little spoiled right now because I think they've had so much success, even – 
unexpected levels of success last year. This team being able to go all the way to the final. They haven't been able to turn it around. And I feel like other teams are finding the chinks in the armor and finding ways to exploit them to a level maybe that they weren't capable of last year. Maybe you need a tweak. Maybe you need a change. Maybe it's a a trade. I don't think blowing up the roster is going to happen in midseason. I think you have to have a legitimate conversation internally and with your superstars to find out what they want to do. My feeling is that both Jimmy and Bam would say, no, it's on us. We're the ones making the mistake. I don't think a, a trade needs to happen. That's my feeling. I, there has been no throwing players under the bus, not you know, n- not pointing fingers at X player for making a bad decision or anything like that. They know what they're capable of, and they just haven't been able to do it. I mean, even Jimmy, I mean, he was smiles after the game. I think even a competitor, a fierce competitor like him, understands that this is just a, a weird season, that this team is just in a very, very weird spot. I, maybe this isn't the kind of analysis you're looking for. Maybe you'd rather go to another podcast that says, no, they fucked everything up. I can't bring myself to that point. It's just not true. I, I think they made the right decision to build the best team possible, and it just didn't work out. Would I have liked or would I have preferred that they sign you know, Serge Ibaka to a two-year deal? Yeah, Probably. Because the risk of waiting on Giannis Antetokounmpo was too great. And it didn't pay off. And I don't even know that Giannis would have raised the ceiling of this group all that much higher. Anyway, but that's a whole other conversation. You know, Bradley Beal is still an option. Victor Oladipo has not been the player he once was when he was an all-star level player. Kawhi Leonard's not leaving Los Angeles. You're probably not going to lure any other quote-unquote superstar anytime soon. But you still have to put yourself in position to be able to get those players. If not, Miami would feel Miami fans would feel the way they did a couple years ago when Kelly was getting paid as much as he was, and James Johnson and Dion Waiters and you know Tyler Johnson were getting paid as much as they were. Oh, we got this mediocre team. We can't sign any players. It's like, well, you've got a hundred something million dollars to spend. There's only so many ways you can spend it. On great players, on mediocre players, on bad players. There are teams that are capped out and much worse than Miami with no hope of turning things around. I still think that there's hope this season. Maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully we'll find out sooner than later. Another game on Thursday night, another opportunity for Miami to prove that maybe they can turn things around. We'll see how it all works out. Just a reminder that you can always reach me via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. I'm David Ramil, signing off and thanking you, as always, for your support. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com podcast. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said. Done.